Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The following is a Red Apple Podcast Network presentation. They say this is a big rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light city life, I gotta make it. Welcome to Dominic Carter's podcast. This is Dominic Carter's City Hall. Now, here's Dominic Carter. Dominic Carter, Red Apple Podcast, Talk Radio 77 WABC. You can listen to me on the radio Monday through Friday, midnight to 1 a.m., midnight to 1 a.m. Why did the Harlem community receive a truck depot instead of new housing? when housing is badly needed all over the city. The reason is one socialist city council member who should be ashamed of herself. This is my podcast. Let's go. She is a socialist city council member, Kirsten Richardson Jordan, who wants to completely defund the police And she has single-handedly killed a badly needed Harlem housing development project. The developer, Bruce Teitelbaum, had initially planned to build residential towers at the site in Harlem containing 917 apartments, roughly half of which would have been income-restricted and set aside for low- and middle-income New Yorkers. But no, that wasn't good enough for Richardson Jordan. Teitelbaum is laying blame squarely on the council member. He now has opened a truck depot, which he was able to build without a zoning change. And Teitelbaum joins me now. Thank you for appearing on the podcast. Dominic, my pleasure. How are you? I'm doing well. Long time no chat, friend. But listen... You are the developer on this project, and this is one that has me shaking my head in total disbelief, total disbelief, (laughs) far woke craziness that has gone over the cliff, hurting the people that it's supposed to help. So you have ultimately opened now a truck depot. And the property is 145th Street in Harlem between Malcolm X Boulevard and Adam Clayton Powell Boulevard. Now, initially, and I want you to confirm this for me, you had initially planned to build two residential towers at the site containing 917 apartments and many of them for low-income housing. Is that accurate? That's accurate. Just the last plan, Dominic, was 917 units in three buildings, but you're absolutely correct. And 50% or 458 of those apartments would have been deeply affordable, income restricted, many of which would have gone to local Harlem residents. You're correct about that. And so one person, a socialist council member, Kirsten Richardson Jordan, is it accurate that one person 
is holding this tremendous benefit up for the community? That's correct. It's worse than holding it up. She effectively has the power, although not in law. This is a custom. It's a tradition that the city council has used for the last several years that gives a local member the deference over any project in his or her community. So in effect, even though there's nothing in the law that gives the person this kind of power, because this is a tradition, a political custom, you're correct. She has the power, one person, after seven years, to hold up a project that would have invested over $700 million in Harlem and created 1,500 jobs, 917 apartments, and a lot of other things that would have benefited the community. One person, one socialist member of the council held it all up. That's correct. And this is a socialist member with what I consider extreme views. Certainly her views are out of the mainstream. Well, there's no question about that. Nothing wrong with being a socialist, I suppose. But when a socialist doesn't believe in the private market, doesn't believe in private ownership, and when rejects a $700 million investment in a community, Dominic, that you know well, you've reported on it for many, many years, you have to shake your head and wonder exactly what's what's going on here in the city. And that's the question, Bruce Teitelbaum. We're chatting with Bruce Teitelbaum, a developer in New York City. And this project, I mean, I don't know what to think here. So this one council member objects and everything goes up in smoke and you've got to develop something there. So now you've put a truck depot there and Harlem has a high asthma rate and you were trying to do the right thing. Well, we were trying to do the right thing, Dominic. You're right again. There's something else we wanted to do. As part of the project, we wanted to build the country's first geothermal green energy district, which you know is a fancy way for saying that all of the apartments in the block and potentially across the street and at the NYCHA buildings that are right behind us would have been powered not by carbon energy, but by green energy. And it would have been revolutionary. First of its kind in the country would have created hundreds of jobs for Harlem. So we, in effect, would have lowered carbon emissions in Harlem, made it cleaner and safer and healthier, in addition to creating all those jobs, pumping in hundreds of millions of bucks into the community. And all of it was stopped because of a socialist member of the council who, for reasons that I still can't fathom, opposed the project. So as you correctly said, we told them that if the project was killed, we'd have no alternative but to repurpose the site and to use it for other, other purposes. And one of them is a parking depot for trucks. As you also know, Dominic, there's a big problem in the city. Commercial vehicles have a hard time finding a place to park. They park illegally in residential communities. So there's a big need for this kind of service. It's not something I wanted to do, certainly not in Harlem. But, you know, when you're forced to do something and people literally, you know, tell you that despite all your best intentions and all of the good work you want to do, they're going to say no well, you know, we have an obligation, you know, to move forward and do something that pays the rent. So that's what we're doing. So, Bruce Teitelbaum, please tell me this is not correct, this part. Is it (laughs) accurate that this council member refuses to meet with you and you're a businessman pumping millions of dollars into her district? And is it accurate that she won't meet with you? Correct. She refuses to meet with me. She will only meet in a public setting, in a public forum, like a town hall meeting, Dominic, which you know very well, you've covered many over the years. So in essence, what she said is, if you want to talk to me, you can only talk to me at a public setting with hundreds of people around, and we can negotiate that way. Obviously, you know that you don't negotiate a complex business deal 
in a public setting. You do it, you know, with people quietly and calmly with their advisors and you hash out an agreement. She refuses to do that. She will not meet with me. She will not talk to me. She won't even talk to me on the phone. She refuses to do that. She will only meet in a public setting, in a public forum, which, you know, is what socialists, I guess, do for the people. And that's accurate, Dominic. It's shocking and sad, but it's true. And is it accurate that Manhattan Borough President Mark Levine wants you to reverse course and resubmit the plan for zoning changes again? Correct. That's correct. The borough president wants us to do that, and we're not going to do that. And we're not going to do that for a very simple reason. Because the first time that we did that, we spent five years going through this very, very unpredictable and cumbersome review process. We got through the city, got a positive vote with the city planning commission that votes on these things. We got approved by the mayor's office. And then we got to Richardson and she said no. So I don't know how much sense it makes to restart a process that we know going into is going to fail because Richardson will continue to object to the plan. So why in the world would we start a process again, spend all that money, waste so much time knowing that at the end of the day, this person, this one person will still reject the deal. So we're not going to do that. So what happens now, Bruce Teitelbaum? I mean, you've got millions of dollars invested in (laughs) in this. What happens now? Well, you know, tragically, for Harlem, and unfortunately for us, because the highest and best use for that site, Dominic, as you know, you know the area very well, is for housing and for lots of jobs and economic opportunities. So since we can't do that, we have to pivot and we have to go to Plan B. And Plan B is going to be putting up um, some market rate housing, about forty to 50,000 square feet, which is something she opposes because it's not affordable to people in the community. We will put up a self-storage depot which, again, is not something which is terrific for the community, but it's a good business. And then, of course, the truck depot, the truck and parking depot, with some commercial stores along the street, and call it a day. It's not something that we want to do. It's not our preference, but you correctly said, what do I do now? Well, that's what I do. You have to bounce back. You have to battle. You have to do what you got to do. And unfortunately, because of her decision, her refusal to meet, her refusal to negotiate, and her rejection of a $700 million deal, We'll have to do what I just described and and just move on. So to come full circle, Bruce Teitelbaum, 917 apartments, badly needed apartments, many of which would go to based on income for members of the community that don't make much money. And you were willing to jump through hoops to make this work. And one council member, a socialist, has nixed the entire deal. You know, Dominic, I know that you're incredulous. It's hard to believe, but that's the truth. The truth is 917 apartments at a time when you know it's tough to find an affordable place to live in New York. It's tough to find any apartment in New York. It would have created 1,500 jobs or more. We would have created internships for young folks in the community who need a helping hand. It would have created this green energy district. It would have done so much for this community. And sadly, shockingly, one person, because of custom and tradition, has the authority, I suppose, to hold the whole thing up. So the project is not just stall, the project's over. And right now we're proceeding along a different path. And I know it's hard to believe. It's really hard to believe, especially at a time, Dominic, in New York, when we need jobs, we need housing, we need economic activity, which is what we wanted to bring to Harlem. But unfortunately, as you keep saying, one person, one member of the council, 
You'll have to ask her, although I don't think she'll speak to you. She's refused to go along with it. So that's the story. Hard to believe, but that's the story. And I close this way, Bruce Teitelbaum. I've known you a long time, and I venture to say that I know your heart. And I know your heart is in the right place and that you are going to do or plan to do the right thing by the community. And now somebody whose heart is in the right place, you can't do anything in terms of what your plans were because of a socialist council member. You know, I really appreciate what you just said, because you do know me for a long time and I've been around for a while and I thank you. Can I appreciate that? And you're right. I do have a good heart and my heart's in the right place. You know, we could have done a lot of things with this site to make a lot more money and doing 50% of the project as affordable, you know, Dominic, that's not a big money maker. And most developments in this town don't go anywhere close to that number, but we wanted to do right by the community. We wanted to create jobs for young people. I can't tell you the number of young people, Dominic, you've been to that neighborhood hundreds of times. Can't tell you the number of young people. These are black and brown kids, 13, 15, 17 years old, came up to me and said, man, build this thing. We want a job. We want something better for our lives and an opportunity. And it really does break my heart that because of one person and a, a rigid ideology, you know, kids like that, people in Harlem who are looking for a helping hand, looking for a better, brighter future, are going to be denied that. And it really does bother me, and I appreciate what you said, because you're right. We want to do the right thing. Unfortunately, the way the system works here in New York, and given today's current politics, it's not always easy to do that. And so, Bruce Teitelbaum, when I mention far-left politics that's sweeping our country and, frankly, is destroying our country, when I mention that far-left politics, what goes through your mind? Yeah, you know, what goes through my mind is that I think people on the fringes, whether you're on the far left or the far right, are really hurting this country. You know, common sense solutions, average, ordinary, reasonable people, you know, know you know what the right thing is. You mentioned that before. And when you're talking about people on the fringes, and in this case, people on the far left, you're talking about extreme, hard left, progressive ideologues. They're really hurting the city. You know, I'm sure you've reported on this. New York is losing people. A population is decreasing. Jobs are fleeing. We got problems. And I think in large measure, that's because there are people like her um, who have an ideological bent, which it sounds good, you know, at a rally, but in real life, it doesn't work. So what goes through my head is unless something changes quickly, the situation here in New York is going to get worse. And that's really, really unfortunate. It's totally avoidable. Bruce Teitelbaum, developer, I keep saying final questions, but I do have to ask you this. So the council member in question, the socialist council member Richardson Jordan, wrote on social media pages that, quote, approving projects like these will further the housing crisis. This will cause actual harm. And accepting this is nothing less than white supremacy. Huh? (laughs) I, I, I don't I don't get it. You know, Dominic, I'm not sure if this is a violation of your contract, but if you can get her on the phone and ask her what she meant by that, I'll buy a good steak dinner because I I can't for the life of me understand what she means by white supremacy. And I also just don't understand what she means by making the housing crisis worse. We're going to be building, we wanted to build almost a thousand units of housing. How in the world is that going to make the situation worse? No one could figure that out. But she said a lot of things like that, Dominic. She said a lot of things that I think the press is ignoring. I wish they wouldn't. 
because I think a lot of them are objectionable. They're wrong. They're counterproductive. But if that was a head scratcher. You picked a good one. And if you can get her on the phone, I would be the first person to tune in to hear her answer. Well, on a very serious note, I'm sorry for the people of New York City, for the people of Harlem, that they're going through this. All of these units of housing that you were going to develop, and it all goes up in smoke because one city council member that happens to be a socialist. But Bruce Teitelbaum, we thank you very much for joining us. Dominic, I appreciate the time. Great hearing you. Love your show. Thank you. And so for now, the Harlem community has no new housing, and this council member has no one to blame but herself. That wraps up this episode. Thanks again to you folks for joining us. If you are interested in my book on my life, Growing Up in New York City and Overcoming Numerous Obstacles, the book is titled No Mama's Boy, and it will be personally signed for you by me. Or if you're interested in my bobblehead doll, you can go to my website, DominicCarterOnline.com, or one word, DominicCarterOnline.com. You can catch me on 77 WABC, weeknights, midnight to 1 a.m., midnight to 1 a.m. Go check out the Dominic Carter merchandise at the 77 WABC store. From Dominic Carter t-shirts to hats and much more. Go to WABCRadioStore.com. Dominic Carter, Red Apple Podcast, 77 WABC. Dominic Carter Socials on Twitter at Dominic TV and Facebook and Instagram. Dominic Carter TV. Email at Dominic.Carter at WABCRadio.com. Until the next episode, be well. And as Dominic always says, stay positive. The glasses always half full, never half empty. Dominic Carter City Hall.